You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week, we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hey, this is Jamie, and welcome to the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast, episode 63, where I'm missing my other half. I'm very sad today. Danielle's a bit under the weather, and we weren't able to coordinate a time to record. So I have a very special guest with me, our lovely Dr. Producer Don, who Danielle has asked me to refer to as, as not Danielle, is going to join me on the intro today. Thanks, Don. You're welcome. And, and yes, I am, I am not Danielle. Not Danielle. You sound like a little different than her. I would hope a lot different than her <laughs> for her sake and, and mine. And for yours, yeah. Uh, so thanks for joining. I know you're so excited to appear again. Tell me how excited you are. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm real excited. What gift would describe you right now? I think I know the answer. I know the answer, but I just I want you to tell everyone. Probably the the Holt hot ham. <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to refer to a Brooklyn Nine Nine, particularly Captain yeah. Holt. That's like your favorite thing ever. He's he's my spirit animal, for sure. <laughs> I feel like for any of our listeners who are who are listening and watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, Captain Holt may be Don's yeah, spirit animal. I was gonna say doppelganger, but you don't really look like him. <laughs> no, 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 I do not. I am not bald like him, and he doesn't have a mustache. True, uh, well, you're, um, amongst other things. I was like, you don't, you don't have a mustache. You have a giant beard. I do have a giant beard. It's even actually even more. Well, my beard is more unruly than than normal because you know it is november which is cancer awareness month for for men i just see a lot of people sporting some really terrible mustache so what do you what do you do in that situation when you have a full beard how do you how do you handle for me it's it's one of those deals where i have a beard or a mustache year round so for me the whole purpose of it is to grow a mustache to raise awareness. So most people who do not usually wear a mustache or clean shaven will, you know, have a mustache. As for myself, I don't, I don't have that issue because I have a beard year round. So for me, what I do is I just go ahead and don't shave for the whole entire month of, of November. So that's why you look like a wild man. I think I look fantastic. <laughs> when you popped up on Skype on video, I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of beard are you gonna get it are you gonna get it taken care of at the end of the month or are you just gonna keep going and just let it all take over and 
become the mountain man you wish you were? I'll be honest with you. I think it looks fantastic. <laughs> um, most of my fans on the Insta Instagrams and the uh, face friends are super excited about it. They think it looks fantastic. Really? How? Who are those people? Those imaginary people? <laughs> most of them can't see. So. Um, <laughs> Do you no. know what I feel? I feel sad about. I feel sad for the actual guest of the show that that this is the intro she's getting because she's pretty cool. And we're talking about your unruly beard. But we did talk about something good, right? We talked about it's Movember. Yeah. So at least we did that. It is Movember. Well, I mean, we didn't really because you you just basically made it a mockery of it. But it's cool. Don't worry about it. (laughs) No, I made it a mockery of you. I think it's an excellent cause. I actually am always behind the microphone having to hear the ridiculousness that is the intro and outro <laughs> of every episode. And I find myself so lucky. enjoying this beautiful one. And I'm sure the people and fans of the show and fans of mine, which by the way, there are fans of mine. I don't listen to crazy. That uh, listen to the show and, and crave, crave my beautiful monotoned voice. <laughs> It is pretty monotone. So for those of you who actually have hung around through this ridiculous intro, Danielle, I miss you so much. Know that we have an amazing guest. Uh, Amber Bracegirdle, one of the founders of Mediavine, is on today. And she is going to be talking all about the beauty of ads on your website in our continued monetization series. So special thanks to you, Dr. Producer Don, for talking to us all about your crazy beard and for joining me so that I didn't have to talk to myself, which I think everybody knows I would I would actually do okay. I could talk to myself. I do talk to myself all day and I could basically talk to a wall and be happy. So, you know, I just like to talk. Isn't that happening right now? It is. You're not saying a word, but that's okay. I don't I don't need you. I'm good by myself. Maybe that should be the maybe that should be the poll result. (laughs) Did Jamie need Don on the intro? Yes, that is what's going in the HQ. We have to remember that for the outro. Don't forget that. (laughs) Am I going to be part of the outro? Yeah, of course. For that, yeah. I mean, you're you're. It's happening. (sighs) I'm going to tell everybody about Amber now because literally we're going to have nobody listening, and she's got a lot of really good information. Amber Bracegirdle is a co-founder at Mediavine, managing editor of Food fanatic.com, co-host of the Theory of Content podcast, wife to James, and mama to two rambunctious little boys named Evan and Will. She and I talk about having boys all the time. It's hilarious. She's passionate about SEO, making the business of blogging better, and educating folks on the virtues of breakfast tacos and Tex-Mex cuisine. I don't know why anyone would need to be educated about that. That's like the best food ever. Right, Dr. Producer Don? It is. And by the way, I also have a boy. You do. We do talk about boy stuff all the time. But enough with our banter. Let's get to Amber's interview because it is really awesome. I am so excited today because I am here with Amber Bracegirdle from Mediavine. Amber, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to our show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This is like dream come true. I won't lie. We've been talking about this for a while and I am 
thrilled. So please tell our, I mean, I, I, I pretty much assume everybody has heard of Mediavine, but tell everybody a little bit about yourself, about Mediavine and what you do there. Mediavine is a display ad management company as well as an internet publisher. We have actually been in the internet publishing game since 2004. What happened is I met a dude at a conference, a food blogging conference. I'm a food blogger. This guy that looks like Bradley Cooper walked up to me after the conference was over. I had been a loudmouth throughout the entire conference uh, stating my opinions. Anyone that knows me knows that uh, I'm not quiet when I think some bad information is being given. So he walks up to me and he says, hey, I like your spunk. Do you want to come and work for me? We want to start a food site. And that is uh, sort of the the story behind the history there that, you know, we started a food site together and I introduced Eric, Matt and Steve, my co-founders to a bunch of food bloggers um, in order to get our food site, Food Fanatic, up and running. And along the way, we were having some trouble with our display ad management company. We kept earning less and less money. And then at one point they sold and overnight our income cut in half. Luckily, Eric is a programmer and he had been doing a bunch of research and he said, you know, guys, I think that I can build something that will allow us to do this for ourselves. And because the sites vary that we run vary so widely in size, we were able to build it for scale. And it actually translated to meaning we can launch a website on Mediavine's advertising in about 15 minutes. When we decided to do this for real, we started with six bloggers in June of 2015 that all wrote for Food Fanatic at the time. And since then, we now work with 4,000 food, or not just food bloggers, but bloggers across the entire lifestyle spectrum. That's amazing. Yeah. 4,000. It's bananas to think about. You know, I went to work full time for the guys in 2013 after having my first kid and I had been a fraud analyst for 13 years and I was like, this is crazy. I'm going to food blog full time. (laughs) You know, I took a $70,000 pay cut to do it and it is literally the best decision I've ever made. You were a little forward thinking there. (laughs) <laughs> just a little. Um, yeah. You know, we just had our, our retreat, our company retreat, and there was one commonality between myself, Steve, and Matt, and that is that we always put our trust in Eric when he has harebrained ideas. <laughs> um, and so you've met Eric. You you know where this comes from. I was just um, about to say, I, I know them well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he just, he's an incredibly smart dude yeah. and very forward thinking himself. And he's also very genuine. When he says, I have this idea, I think it's going to work. I think that we can do it together. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, my love of Mediavine is is not small nor silent. I'm very vocal about it. I love you guys. And I feel like uh, really excited and lucky that I get to sort of go on a journey with you guys. (laughs) It's cool. I I love it every time Eric's like, well, what what does JL say? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because... Because what you say is is Mediavine rule now, which thank goodness, because... We used to fly by the seat of our pants. No, so. we're, we're doing it. It's awesome. It is very, yeah. very, very fun. I asked you to come on the show because I feel like, we're one, we're doing this really cool monetization series called Unlock mm-hmm. the Mystery. And I feel like ads get a bad rap. 
which I do not understand because um, I know, I think I know a little too much from the inside, but I feel like right. a lot of people have all these crazy myths about ads. So I was mm-hmm. hoping you can give some really good information to our audience to understand the benefits and why yeah. some of those myths are wrong. So I'd love to start with why would someone want ads on their site? It's a wonderful Eric hates when I use this phrase because it's not passive, but it is passive. Passive income stream. (laughs) Um, You as the site owner don't have to do anything. Um, You don't have to encourage your reader to buy. You don't have to encourage them to click. You don't have to encourage them to do anything. In this day and age of programmatic advertising, all they have to do is put their eyeballs on it and you get paid, which is wonderful. We have people who have paid off their 30-year mortgages after three years. We have people who buy new cars. We have people who put their kids in private school that they've wanted to do their whole lives. Like it's, It can definitely be a game changer. And I think a lot of people think that display ads pay peanuts because their only experience with it is AdSense or something like AdSense. Um, there are other companies out there that where you just do the stuff yourself and you have to deal with it yourself. But when you have an entire team that's working on it for you, um, the earnings and I always hate giving this metric because it sounds ludicrous, but we have literally seen multiple times bloggers moving from AdSense to us earning 10 to 15 times more than they were really, really can be a game changer. And it's not just about running more ads because that's not what we do. That's not how we do it. A lot of it comes down to the technology we're running. So we run an auction behind each ad spot that makes all of these different advertisers that want access to your audience and lifestyle bloggers have the most valuable advertising audiences there are actually like compete against each other for that space. And it drives up the price. Whereas if you do like a waterfall scenario where you've got like AdSense and media.net and whoever in waterfall or, um, but a waterfall is where they like sit behind each other. And when one can't fill it, the next one does. Uh, That was my question. (laughs) Right. So when you do that, what happens is each of those companies gets to list your website on the same ad exchange. So basically your website gets listed two or three times, depending on how many companies you have in your waterfall. And they're all trying to meet their quotas, right? They're all trying to meet their fill. And so what they do is they keep dropping the price of your site in order for the advertiser to come to them so they can meet their quota. Ah. So it's a race to the bottom. That's so interesting. Yeah. Whereas with us, what we do is we require exclusivity so that across all these different exchanges, you're literally listed one time. And if they want on your site, which they do because you have such a valuable audience, they have to go through our funnel and compete against each other instead instead of cherry picking for the lowest price. That is so cool. I have seen those stories that you've mentioned where people will talk about the really cool things that they've done with the extra income. So now now that I think our audience totally understands why someone would want ads on the site, mm-hmm. what are the top three myths that you hear, like the things you hear about ads that are just flat mm-hmm. out wrong? Well, the first one I always, I already mentioned, you know, that there's no money in digital advertising because their only experience is one of these self-service ones. And a lot of times they'll put the ads on their site, like as soon as they launch it, uh, which you're, you don't have any traffic, you don't have any history with the advertisers. So you're really not going to make any money. The other is that affiliate marketing and ads don't mix. 
Mm. Um, we hear this one all the time and I never really, like, there's not really any data to back that up. We have plenty of people that make thousands of money on affiliate income with Amazon or Commission Junction or whoever that still have ads running on those pages. That's really interesting. So do you hear any explanation of that objection? A lot of times it's just the bloggers think that the person will click because, you know, there sometimes there are contextual cues or like if someone was just on Amazon, then that ad, fo- then, you know, the product they were looking at follows them across the web, whether they're on a Mediavine site or whatever. And, and the argument is, well, if they see a display ad that's got that product, they're more likely to click on that than they are my you know, my text link, which is is very much true. There's not necessarily any data to back that up. I can see why people think that that's what would happen. But at the same time, display ads are going to pay you even more if someone actually clicks the ad. And I would almost argue that nine times out of 10, the display ad CPM that you get for that is much higher than someone clicking on your affiliate link. So it doesn't doesn't it, make a it's difference. It's a wash. Yeah. yeah, it's a wash. You might as well include it. Give them all the chances to click. <laughs> right, exactly. And and it's just one of those things where because folks are looking at their their actual like affiliate earnings and they don't necessarily always focus on their CPM or break down their affiliate earnings into a CPM because you can do that. It's a math equation. So you could figure that out. And because they don't do that, they don't realize that the actual like display ad probably paid you a lot more. Interesting. I mean, yeah. one of the things we talk about and has been sort of universal across everyone who's come on the podcast to talk about money has been, you have to diversify your income streams. Absolutely. No, we're the exact same. We argue this all the time. Yeah, we do not. We do not want our bloggers only relying on ads. No, you, you, you have to make sure because there's fluctuations, things mm-hmm. change. Well, I was going to say display advertising is cyclical, just like publishing, yeah. right? All your money is made in Q4 and then Q1 comes around and you want to jump off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> So. Q4, man. It gets everyone for all the it things. Does. It does. It's so funny. We actually had we had a number of bloggers come on that we sort of did a focus on them depending on what their income levels were to talk about how they make money. And one mm-hmm. of those bloggers who was on a previous episode, and we'll drop that episode in the show notes because I don't remember the number, was Amanda Williams of A, a Dangerous mm-hmm. Business, who's one of the Mediavine publishers. Yes. And she talked her two number one sources of income are affiliate and Mediavine. So mm-hmm. it's just, it doesn't, I I, exactly. I guess I can understand the objection, but it seems like it would be silly not to. I find this happens a lot in the blogging world where somebody posits an idea and, or a theory and it sort of gets taken as fact rather than yes. a theory yes. um, that needs to be tested. And so, you know, and that, I mean, that goes right along with the, you know, my third sort of myth that's out there is that advertising and SEO don't mix. And really the reason for that, right, is that SEOs in general, like the actual SEO analysts that are out in the world, a lot of times the main sites that they're working with are e-commerce sites, right, that are Mm -hmm. trying to outrank Amazon or, or, some such thing like that. And those sites are not focused on display advertising because you don't necessarily want to give someone the opportunity to click out of the checkout path. So they don't really run display advertising much. SEOs will also argue all the time that 
you should never have advertising on your site because it slows down your site speed, which is absolutely true that ads will slow down your site. And also true that page speed is a huge factor in your SEO, which is kind of one of those things that sets Mediavine apart, which we can maybe talk about later. But it is something that you should take into consideration. But you can have ads and have decent SEO rank SERP stats, like decent rankings in search results. So it's it's one of those things where it's a gut reaction from an SEO to always tell you not to run ads because they can slow down your site. But we're kind of changing the game on that. I love it. So what are some of the things you see website owners who are really optimizing their ads? What are they doing to get that really good income? They are doing all the things that we would also recommend for SEO. They're paying attention to their site speed. They are writing nice long content that's engaging. They're not just writing content for content's sake. They're they're writing things that are actually helpful to their readers, but it's also long and engaging. They are making sure that their photos are optimized for site speed, which is a huge thing in the lifestyle space. It's, it's writing for your audience, writing helpful information, making sure your content's nice and long, and optimizing everything you possibly can. And so by extension, what are other, besides the the good things that people are saying, what are some of the biggest mm-hmm. mistakes you see that people make? When oh, they- probably the the biggest like across every time I talk to someone who it you know wants to make money with their website they advertise too soon they put advertising on too soon oh interesting a lot of people don't realize this but with our own sites we actually waited to put ads on them for a really long time food fanatic did not have ads on it on it for a year and a half two years after we started the site. And the reason for that is that you only get one chance at a first impression. Mm. When you're really trying to build an audience and get newsletter subscribers and things like that, it's not, advertising is not worth the loss in user experience because we will not argue that ever. There is always a loss in user experience to add advertising to your site. That doesn't mean don't do it. It just means that the, the return on that advertising needs to be worth it. Oh, I lo- I, that's so interesting. And it's not worth it until you're at about, we focus on sessions. So we, our threshold is 25,000 sessions a month. And the reason we did that is that that's really where it actually starts to become worthwhile for the site owner. You know, it starts to, the site starts to pay for itself. You even have a little bit of extra money to pay for groceries or to pay for, you know, coffee for the month and that sort of stuff. Like we're not looking for you to make 20 bucks in a month. We're looking for you to make 300, 500, $900 in a month before you take that balance. It's really, really important to think about your audience. And a lot of people go down this path of I'm starting a blog. And in order to like do the things that a real blogger does, I have to put ads on my site. Like that almost like you're not a official until you have <laughs> your site. And it's really, that's not the case at all. Like I, hold off on that for as long as you can. I like that. I, I wondered, I've, and I've never asked you, so I'm glad you answered mm-hmm. that where the 25,000, I know, I knew the 25,000 number, 
mm-hmm. uh, threshold. I didn't know why. Yeah. I've always wondered that. That's really, really smart. Yeah. And it, I mean, and for us, like we used to take everybody and our advertisers pushed back a little bit and said, no, you know, some of these sites, like we just don't have any data on them. So we're not going to advertise because advertisers are really suspicious, right? Like ad fraud is a real thing that they've been dealing with for since the moment that digital advertising became a thing. They have sort of these things, these tools that they built themselves and and things like that. So like even I I see it now in like the brand new blogger groups where they're like, I'm doing everything I can to qualify for Mediavine, which is wonderful. But at the same time, like that domain is maybe two months old. Mm. So we run into the same problem where the advertiser just doesn't have any information in their tools about that domain because it's brand new. And so, and so only like two or three of our partners will actually bid. Whereas if you waited a year, all 10 of them would bid, which will drive your earnings up. So we'll still take those domains because like they've reached the threshold and the advertisers are willing to, the, the biggest of our advertising partners are willing to say, okay, but if you waited, I feel like you'd have a better outcome right away. That is so interesting. I did not know that. That helps me too in talking with people because yeah. people will frequently, I mean, I, we talk to a lot of bloggers <laughs> and that's really good information. You mentioned briefly, you know, this is what makes Mediavine different. I'd love you to expand a little bit on that before I let you go. <laughs> sure. So we are sort of focus on all these things that really it's about running your site well. So we're the only advertising company that lazy loads, which means that any, any of our ads that are below the fold, they do not actually exist unless someone scrolls near them, which means that only about two or three of our ads exist to Google or any other search engine when they look at the site. Mm. And that really makes a huge difference in what Google recognizes as your first byte load time or your first screen view load time. That's what they use to categorize how your site loads. That is a huge difference for that. But it also means that we're not loading ads that aren't going to be seen, which means we're not asking advertisers to pay for ad spots that don't get seen by eyeballs. Ah. And so it means our viewability scores with the advertising companies are much, much higher than any of our competitors. And it leads to the average CPM being much higher. So we can actually serve less ads. So potentially if someone only scrolled on your page and saw four ads, you still might have made the same amount of money for that page view as someone who loaded 12 ads on site load. Ah, can you, you've said CPM a few times and I, yep. it's possible some of our listeners don't know what that is. Can you define that term? So CPM stands for cost per thousand. The M in that is milli, which is Latin for thousand. And it's uh, used to denote the price of a thousand ad impressions on a, on a web page or at a position. For every $2 CPM, that means an advertiser must pay $2 for every thousand impressions of its ad. Thank you. Thank you. It's so funny how I sometimes thinks we take these terms for granted. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. Yes. So thank you so much. The The information that you have given on ads is unbelievable. I'm sure everybody can tell from listening, but you're also a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I can, am. Can you tell everyone your podcast? Sure. It's called Theory of Content. And I co-host that with uh, my buddy, Josh, who's also a friend of Eric's. And he is the uh, marketing director for a company called Alarm Grid, which basically owns all of the alarm search terms on the internet. So between us, we talk about all things SEO as it relates to why and how you create content. It is 
an excellent resource. So we'll also drop the link to that. Will you answer our rapid fire questions before I will. I let you go? I'm happy Wonderful. to. All right. Coffee or tea? Both. We both, my husband and I drink them all day long. Um, we both work from home and he's British. So he makes a really excellent cuppa. Um, <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> it's wonderful. What is your favorite book? Um, tie fiction would be a tie between Outlander and Harry Potter. Yes. Nonfiction. I'm just finishing a book called how not to hate your husband after kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> How's that um, book? It's actually wonderful. Despite its clickbait title, um, it's been really helping me think about my own responses to stuff that like my kids do. And I'm a yeller and I don't want to be. So it's helping me figure that out, which is nice. I like it a lot. I'm going to check that out. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, it's a really no nonsense self-help book. I like it a lot. Perfect. We're a lot alike in that way. (laughs) The no nonsense part. What was the first thing you did to celebrate success in your business? You know, it's funny. I I haven't really done anything. I was thinking about this and my husband and I've been talking about, I've, I, my first car was a Ford Focus, like a little hatchback that I adored and we're really considering letting, like I'm really considering going out and getting one again to be like my runaround car. And that would be, it's so self-indulgent, but I think that might be the thing that I do. Do it. Oh, I, I'm going to be your accountability partner on this one. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Do you have a word for the year? Breathe. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Apple or PC? PC all the way. Uh, and I'm telling you that as a senior Mac technician, that was my first <laughs> job. I had a MacBook Pro a few years ago and I gave it a solid year of using it and I just could not get into it. So now I have a Surface laptop and I adore it. You and our producer. Oh. Okay. Now tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you can find me in the Mediavine Facebook group, amber at mediavine.com theoryofcontent.com. I'm available for emails, phone calls, whatever you need. We're always here. It doesn't matter if you're a publisher with us or not. If you've got a question, I'll answer it. You're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here today. Jamie, that was a great interview. I'm shocked and surprised each and every time you can actually get through a great interview despite the fact that they are being interviewed by you. That's so hurtful. I'm an excellent interviewer, and I don't need this. I Maybe need- that should be the new poll. No! Maybe a good interviewer, or is Don better as part of the intro-outro? No way. I think it really should be should Jamie have just talked to herself. Okay. I know how I'm voting. <laughs> she should have talked by herself. <laughs> so join us in the HQ. Take our poll. Let us know. If you're not a member already, you can go to businesses.com slash HQ. And for show notes, you can go to businesses.com slash episode 63. Thank you again, Don, for being a very special guest on our intro outro of this awesome episode with Amber. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at We'd really love to hang out with you in our Facebook group, The Businesses HQ. To join, visit businesses.com slash HQ. 
We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group, for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.